We've just stepped out of a year that was unpredictable. No one ever dreamed last year in January when New Year's resolutions were made, when the vision of this church was last cast, when we were so glad to be out of 2019 with all of its bumpy and scary roads. No one dreamed we'd only be met by more civil unrest, more social injustice, more political fighting, more racism, more ungodliness, and then to be thrown into a worldwide pandemic, mandating shelter-in-place orders and closing borders of countries where no one could travel, shutting down businesses, bankrupting corporations and individuals, straining the economy, restricting freedoms. It's only added to the already dangerous High stress levels of so many individuals, people's emotions are raw. The mental health workers and facilities are overrun. Every time you turn around, someone else is sick. Someone else is crumbling under the load they carry. Someone else is throwing in the towel. Someone else is getting their feelings hurt. The social media memes and the jokes were all about getting out of 2020. Even more serious tones of many people who had the hope that 2020, 2021 would bring back how it used to be. And we are just starting this year, and I'm hoping for better days ahead. I don't know when, I don't want to be just one that sits and is discouraged about what has happened and what I see us, around us now. But we've tried to mandate better days. We've tried to buy better days with stimulus checks. We've attempted to vote in better days in the polling stations. We've sought to require better days by placing so many restrictions on things. Whether it worked or not or how well it worked, I don't know. But let me tell you what has always worked all throughout history. No matter the persecution, no matter the environment, no matter the culture, no matter the climate, when God's people get in one mind and one accord, when they focus on the will and plan of God, when they unite together, the Word of God tells us the very gates of hell cannot stop the church. We have bought into the lies long enough. We have tried to pray, play by their rules long enough. We have been silent long enough. In 2019, we came together. This church unified. This church linked arms and was ready. In 2020, we, ch we were challenged to go forward, even though there were so many lockdowns and restrictions and still are. But we were determined and we kept marching it to get through the rough times, but we still believed. So in 2021, together we will go forward into our destiny. Revival is our destiny. Miracle signs and wonders is our destiny. Taking back what the enemy stole is our destiny. Tearing down strongholds is our destiny. Defeating the lies of the enemy is our destiny. Claiming new souls for the kingdom is our destiny. Our time has come. This is a glorious church. This is a blood-bought church. This is a spirit-filled church. And every individual needs to commit to be sold to the destiny of this church. 
Philippians 3.13 tells us, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I've not achieved it yet. But this one thing I do, forgetting all those things which are behind, I can't control the pandemic. I can't control the politicians. I can't control the economy. But I'm going to reach forth into those things which are before. I'm going to focus on my destiny. I press. I press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody needs to run to the destiny. The closer you get to the destiny, the more distance you'll leave in the history and the things behind we're not playing nice we're not running scared there are things that are in store for this church and we're going to believe and run after every one of them this is our destiny this is a glorious church come out of your bondage come out of your eye cans leave the past behind shake yourself loose from the shame you have been set for such a time as this you have sat by the wayside long enough long enough together we will go forward into our destiny and it starts today this is a glorious day It's good the God of the house is here. I feel his presence in this place. Amen. The followers of Jesus had gone through the most devastating thing they could have imagined. Because it started out after 400 years of silence, where there was no prophecies and no miracles and seemingly no hope, a man appeared on the scene, really a baby, but became a man that appeared on the scene that seemed to fulfill all the prophecies concerning the Messiah that would come to save them. There once again was powerful teaching and awe-inspiring miracles. This man, Jesus, brought hope. Miracles, signs, and wonders were done at his hand. Luke 4, starting at verse 16 to 21, says, And he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as the custom was, he, he went into the synagogue and on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it to, again to the minister and he sat down and everybody in the building was just, their eyes were fastened on him. Verse 21, and he began to say unto them, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Jesus was here. The long-awaited Savior was now present when he would go to Simon and Andrew and Matthew and Luke and say, follow me, yes, yes. 
They followed him. He was the answer. He was going to save them from the Roman rule. He was going to set them free from the tyrannical reign of the Romans, a new kingdom, a brighter day. So much excitement. Lazarus raised from the dead. Mary Magdalene freed from the tormenting spirits. Bartimaeus could now see. 5,000 were fed with the boy's lunch and storm stopped by a simple command. He is here. We'll follow him. We left careers and houses and family. We forsook all and followed Jesus completely. But they captured him. If you can call it a capture, they just came in the garden and he just surrendered. As easy as it is, taking a sheep and leading it to slaughter. No fight. No angelic force. No miraculous sign. No arguing. No discussion. He just looked like a weary, broken, tired, helpless man. Oh, maybe he'll wait till he's in front of the entire crowd to show them who he really was. But he didn't. He barely spoke any words standing there while they falsely accused him and mocked him, belittled him, humiliated him, condescended to him. Are we dreaming? Are we in a nightmare? We left all to follow this? He can't even save himself. How's he supposed to save the entire nation? Ultimately, the soldiers killed him. They crucified him. He had for certain fallen victim to death. They buried him. That is why this was the most devastating thing the followers of Jesus had ever gone through. What are they to do now? Sadness and sorrow and fear and uncertainty and isolation. It had gripped their hearts. The one they followed, the one who held the destiny was gone. Now hiding out, trying to figure out what to do next. Tradition was to go to the tomb and fix it up and bring spices to anoint the body and cover up any smells. And John 20 tells us that the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went very early while it was still dark to the tomb. As she got closer, she could see the stone had been rolled away from the opening of the tomb. Mary did not expect that. Mary didn't expect to see the tomb open. Mary didn't expect Jesus to be resurrected because Mary ran the wrong way. She didn't run towards the miracle. She didn't run towards her destiny. She turned around out of fear, out of confusion, out of dread, and ran full speed the wrong way. John 20 verse 2 Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom, uh, disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them They've taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him out of breath white as a ghost still not able to completely com comprehend and process what she just saw but also maybe we can hear her uh, hear a little bit of anger in her voice. They stole the body of Jesus and we don't know where they put him now. Peter and the other disciples took off running toward the tomb. Toward the last place they saw Jesus. Toward their only hope. Toward their destiny. They weren't sure what to make with this, but verse 4 in chapter 20 says, They ran together toward the tomb, and they ran in the right direction.
resurrection. It ended up one of the disciples outran Peter. The other disciple that Jesus loved outran Peter and he got there and saw the mess and the stone rolled away and he peered inside and grave clothes lying here and a face covering over there and maybe just in shock but he just stood there and Peter of course just run right inside looking around trying to figure out why there was clothes all over the place and maybe he shouted a little bit. Maybe he said something. I, I don't know but maybe since Peter was already inside the other one decided to get a little gutsy too and he walked in there himself and John 20 verse 8 says then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed he's not here he had been here he was here and we thought all hope was gone but I see a remnant that he was here but he's not here and in short order things started happening things started clicking Mary Magdalene saw him. The disciples in the upper room closed in there. They saw him. Hope was alive. The one who held their destiny was alive. So let me preach just a couple more minutes. So if you're going to get on board, get on board now. What are we to do with sadness and sorrow and fear? And uncertainty, isolation that grips our heart. When the godly getting, are getting mocked, when it's becoming harder in some cases against the law to stand up for what the Bible says. When the leaders of this country and the world are pushing more and more anti-God agendas. What are we to do when it is looking more and more dismal? When it seems like there is less and less hope. When what we were looking for and every place we look, it just looks like evil is winning. Darkness is everywhere and continues to creep in, it seems, more and more. Here is what I am compelled to commission this church to do. Run! Not to hiding, not out of fear, but run with boldness, run with certainty, run with anointing, run with determination, run with Jesus, run to your destiny. Run together. You're going to see that hope is not lost. Evil is not winning. Darkness cannot prevail. John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go into my Father. That is your destiny. Run to your destiny. Mark 16 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover that's your destiny run to your destiny second Peter says whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises but that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature run to your destiny I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me run to your destiny 
no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt contend run to your destiny for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds run to your destiny you have God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world run to your destiny being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ run to your destiny and the Lord he it is that death go before thee he will be with thee he will not fail thee neither forsake thee fear not neither be dismayed run to your destiny It's not time to meander. It's not time to sit still. It's not time to quit. It's not time to walk. It's not time to ponder. It's not time to think it through. It is time to run. It is time to run. Oh, I need some people in this place to grab a hold of some crazy faith. Faith that says I'm a child of God. Faith that says I'm full of His Spirit. Faith that says I will walk in boldness. Faith that says I'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Faith that casts out devils. Faith that tears down strongholds. Faith that takes back what the enemy stole. Together, together, together. We will go forward into our destiny. Somebody run with me. Somebody, we can take the mountain. Somebody, this is a victorious church. This is our destiny. This is our destiny. some of those years 
Really, when I was in college, probably you could count. I've known this church and been around here for 30 some of those years. And some of you that have been around longer, you could tell me there have been prophecies after prophecies after prophecies given to this church. And I wonder if they're true. I wonder if they're going to work. I wonder. I have come under the boldness and unction of the Holy Ghost to tell you God is just simply waiting on us. When we get in one mind and one accord, the time is now. We're not going to let this pass us. We've been through hell and high water. We've been through storms and still going through some of them. But ladies and gentlemen, there is something on the horizon. Something's getting ready to explode in this place. There is a destiny. There is a destiny. Somebody claim that.